Welcome to the Pete Primo Show. It is episode number 76. Give more to sell more with Doug Krinsky. I am so excited to have Doug here. Doug has been in our industry for over 40 years and he founded uh, 14 years ago the Anti for Autism um, fundraiser in Vegas, Nevada that helps all kinds of autism groups and it is an uh, an amazing uh it is an amazing um uh cause so without further ado let me pay the bills and I'll bring Doug on and we'll get to business what are you waiting for if you haven't bought this book sell a million there's over 101 different ways chapters actually with probably 2 to 3 different ways to help you make more profit and more sales if you're in the furniture or mattress industry. And my good friend, Doug Stewart said, take the word mattress, take the word furniture out. It's a great marketing book for any business. So thank you, Doug Stewart, for those kind words. And my sponsor, I love the Mattress Industry Network Group. It is a great group. 1,469 members. It is a group for everybody in the, in the industry. So if you deliver mattresses, you sell mattresses on the floor, you own a furniture or a mattress store, you are a wholesale rep, you are a VP of sales, you own a manufacturing concern, you're welcome to join the group. It's a great group. It's run by retailers for the benefit of the entire industry. Over 1,469 strong. Please scan me right now and join. Let's get these guys over 1,500 members right now. Thank you, Steve, for your support of my show. And if you want to build your business, learn how to market, learn how to merchandise, um, network, Join this group. It is the best uh, mattress group on, on Facebook. It is 100% free. Learn how to build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress uh, business through this group. It's 100% free. There's no reason for you not to join. Welcome to the show, Doug. Pete, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And Chris, thanks for technologically getting me on board. So we're all set. Yeah. I am so, so blessed. Anybody that is thinking about doing a podcast or a live show like this, you guys got to call Chris. I don't, he's probably doesn't have any availability right now, but Chris Stone is an amazing human being, uh, a great producer. And uh, you uh, could not find anyone who cares more uh, and is more competent and willing to help and do all the little extras. So there's my. My plug, please give me a 10% discount, Chris. No, I'm just kidding, dude. So, Doug, this is really important. It, it's number 14, anti for autism. For those guys who don't know about it, give a little commercial about uh, this, uh, this charity that you've created, your inspiration for it, just, just in case there's somebody here that hasn't listened before. And I would bet you that there's somebody that didn't hear our show last year uh, when we were, you know, celebrating number 13. So the floor is yours. Well, let's start from the beginning. Uh, we have a 24-year-old twin boy who, when he was born uh, 24 years ago, uh, after about 18 months, my wife started to notice something different because it was pretty easy to compare him to his twin brother. So we took him to a bunch of specialists, and after about uh, 24, 36 months, we figured out his diagnosis was autism. So I was actually relieved. My wife was quite upset, but um, my vision always is to let's find the problem, let's fix it, and let's make it happen. So we set apart, I set apart on a game plan for helping Michael. He couldn't speak at the time when he was about four and a half. And uh, we both kind of looked at each other, my wife and I, and said, um, someday we'll have to tell him to stop talking so much. And that happened about two years later. So we went to, we live outside of Columbus, Ohio, went to Nationwide Children's Autism Center here in town. 
and started a program. So we started a home program, a program at Nationwide. Um, and every day, um, therapists would come in, start working with Michael. And after a while, um, I just thought to myself, we need to do something to give back. We're very blessed. Uh, Pete, as you said, I've been in the industry for a long time. I've been very fortunate. I've made really good money, had great customers, uh, been very supportive of the wines that I've had. And we wanted to do something to start giving back um, really to all the different autism charities and groups that help these kids and quite frankly, help the adults now. We, we've really, in the last six or seven years, focused on as much adults as we do kids with autism and particularly their families, whether it's support, whether it's therapy, even the parents need or trips to a seminar to learn about things they can do to help their kids or adults impacted with autism. So what we did uh, about 14 years ago, actually 15 years ago, we started our own 501c3 here in Ohio. Um, my wife and I, Kelly and I uh, decided we were going to give back. So we started back then 15 years ago, not really knowing what to do. But at that time, Autism Speaks is the biggest um, autism advocacy group in the world. Um, started their walks. Everybody's probably heard about the Autism Speaks walks. They were starting one in Columbus. I was on the executive committee and that started my brain working in a little different direction. Um, what do they do? What do other groups do? What does Nationwide do? Where do they need help? Where do they need money? Where do they need awareness? What do they need help with? So the following year, we decided um, one of the things you know I'm hooked into is the furniture industry, primarily mattresses. I've been with three great mattress companies and still with one of them. Uh, and they've all been supportive of the work I've wanted to do, whether it was Serta, Restonic, or now Brooklyn Bedding. Um, they've all been supportive all the way along of you know my personal issue and our, our cause, as well as the big picture. So what we did is I started to engage some of the furniture folks that I know, you know, like you, Pete, and uh, guys like Randy Kikonis in Zanesville, Ohio, and the Furniture First Group, and you name them that I interacted with, I talked to them about what we wanted to do, which we simply wanted to start creating awareness in the industry, whether it was, you know, Dave Perry or the folks of Furniture Today, or... Furniture World or whoever it was at the time, we said, there's a cause here. We don't hear about it in the industry. Uh, we want to make folks aware of it. So we started a poker event downtown Las Vegas during the first couple of furniture markets in Las Vegas. I believe we started at Binion's, had about 25 players, raised about $6,200. And the funny part about it is to today... We now give away more at the final table for our poker tournament than we raised that first year for our poker event. So this year, we're going to give away $10,000 on our final table. Um, and what we've done is we've got, we'll probably end up with over 40 different sponsors for our event. Uh, everybody from you, you and your wife, Pete, you and Jenny are great sponsors. And we appreciate your support. Uh, but we we'll probably about 40 sponsors um, of various levels. You know, our presenting sponsor, Liggett and Platt at 25000 uh, Final Table, you know, Betting Industries of America, who I know you know, Stu Carlitz. He's yep. our Final Table sponsor. We have Ashley Furniture. We have Brooklyn Betting. We have Furniture First. I'll put a little plug if you can get in my shirt here and see I'm wearing a Furniture First shirt. Um, they're another <laughs> great sponsor of ours. Um, a lot of their members are sponsors of mm -hmm. us. Uh, Bears Furniture, Kokonis Furniture, uh, Bobby Infinger from Infinger is a sponsor. Um, so we we gather all this money, um, and what we do is we have a big poker tournament. It's a hold'em tournament in Las Vegas. This year, it's going to be July 23rd. It's going to be the Saturday night before the Las Vegas furniture market opens up. Uh, we have moved it to the summer. We get more local poker players, which is one thing we've been trying to, to get more of. Um, so now we're going to kind of keep it in the summer. Uh, we have celebrities locally, whether it's Jose Canseco, Randy Couture, Jennifer Tilly, uh, big poker pros like Mike the Mouth Matizo or Eric Seidel or Frank Cassell. I mean, all the ones that have won the stuff you've seen on TV, the World Series of Poker, the World Poker Tour, they've all won their rings, their bracelets, millions of dollars, and they all come volunteer, play in our event, and they couldn't be nicer to our players. So it's evolved from was a very small event at Binion's, now a very, what I call, large event that we have at the South Point Casino. It's on the south end of the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, last year, we had, I think, 175 players. Uh, it is a hold'em tournament. We play down to a final table of nine, and eventually we have a winner. 
Um, so we're doing the same thing this year. We'll probably have probably more players because there's no COVID mask issues going on this year where there were last year. Uh, so we'll probably have over 200 players. They have a great poker room there. They have a special room for us. Um, and what we do is we raise money and we give back all the proceeds of the event to five autism-related charities every year. And we'll go through in a little while who the different charities are, but they all do certain special mm-hmm. things that we love about you know what their charity is. We have a couple that we do every year and three we rotate in and out different charities. But that's what we've done. We, we started from our personal cause and turned it into an industry cause. And it's become what was a small thing into a big thing. And quite frankly, we raise as much awareness, I guess, as we do the money because we get great press, whether it's, quite frankly, in Las Vegas on TV or in their radio broadcasts. Um, we, we do a couple of radio broadcasts with local radios out there. Um, we have a couple of TV stations that typically come and and actually do evening reports while we're doing our poker tournament. So it's great press out there. We create awareness in the industry. Uh, I can't tell you how many people, when we run these events, they get back to me and say, here's my issue. I know I have a friend who has a daughter or a son that needs help. And I, I turn them on to people that can help if possible. So we get back, we help, we assist, we support um, really every facet we think of the autism cause. So you can see the charities, there's five different ones this year which I'll go through in just a little while, but they, they all do great work um, in their own way. So I guess that's my short version, even it was a long version, but um, that's kind of what we're all about. <laughs> so my title is Give More to Sell More. So this is true for sales pros on the retail floor. It's true for sales reps, and it's true for store owners. You have three cups of belief. You have to believe in your company, you have to believe in your product, and you have to believe in yourself. And the third couple belief that I talked about is the one that I'm referring to in our title. At the end of the day, you have to be able to look in the mirror and go, I like that dude. I like that dudette staring back at me. That's a good person. Because at some point in a sale, whether it's on the retail floor or it's wholesale, things are going to get tough. Things are going to get dicey. And you are going to have to push through something. And the only way you're going to be able to push through that something is how much do you believe in yourself? And I have to tell you something. I had been threatening for years to contribute. And finally, I decided I've got to do something My nephew, who I love, Timmy, has autism, has had it his whole life. I've always felt drawn to it. I finally gave. And do you know what happened? It's like the Grinch's heart. It went boom, boom, boom. And I'm participating in a more meaningful way this time. And do you know what? It feels great. And, and from that standpoint, it's very selfish, right? Because it feels so good to give. One of the things that strikes me about the industry that I've been in for 40 years and that I love is that it's an industry full of people with big hearts. And I'm about to start crying, so I'm going to let you go on and talk about your individual um charities that you contribute to, but if you want to add anything to the couple belief and um, believing in yourself, you go right ahead, Doug, because I've always loved to listen to whatever you've had to say. Um, as a competitor, I, I have found you to be extraordinary in your insights into our industry. Well, <clears throat> I'll throw right back to you. I mean, Pete, you and I have known each other for a long time, and uh, I, I do have to say uh, my wife and I feel great when we give back. Uh, and again, that's why we started it. We, we knew we could, we could afford anything Michael would ever need and will ever need into the future. And, and again, just this last year, um, I got an email from, it was a lead through a furniture store of somebody that was struggling and needed help. And it wasn't in the Columbus area, but I went through Autism Speaks, found out, you know, who locally could help them. And it just, it feels good. 
uh, when you can help give back. And I'll give you another example. Um, one of the charities last year we've given to a couple of times is the Rich Center, and you're probably aware of them at Youngstown State. Um, they're a great group. I've known them since I initially got started 20-some years ago in, in helping folks with autism. But when I went there, their executive director told me, Doug, one of the parents wants to say hello to you. And I said, okay, great. So we were there presenting the check. She came up and said, I just want to thank you because my son is now speaking. And the prior time we'd been there about three years ago and gave him a check, um, their son had just got involved in the program, was not speaking, was nonverbal. And, um, you know, they obviously focused on trying to help. And uh, now their, their son is speaking. It just resonated with me. We had a similar situation with our son, Michael. He couldn't speak at four. He was speaking at 12 months. He was starting to babble words. Went the other way with his autism, came back and uh, full circle. He's now speaking and sometimes we have to tell him that's enough. Uh, but to hear a parent tell you that, you know, the donations that we've given to the Rich Center have helped their son speak. Uh, and I, I teared up as well. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, you feel so good about uh, giving back and helping. And, and it happens a lot. And it's just amazing with all the charities you think that are out there and, you know, and I'll name a couple of them here, you know, the City of Hope does tremendous work. Roger Magowitz was a scene of Magowitz, you know, pancreatic cancer. I go to that event. I mean, that's a fantastic event. Does great work on research for, you know, helping folks impacted by pancreatic cancer. But when I see the work that, you know, we help with, I mean, we don't raise millions and millions every year. Um, but I do have to say, I actually felt really good last year. When we cumulatively over our first 13 years hit the million dollar mark, um, I never thought we would raise that kind of money when we first started. And, and here we are, you know, actually Steve from Mattress Industry um, just hit me up this morning where we at on fundraising and we just went over 100,000 again this year already before the tournament. So Steve, we're 100,000 and climbing. And um, last year we raised over 150,000. But what was great is we went over a million dollars in, in cumulative, you know, donations over our years. And, you know, again, when I'm out there, whether it's talking to, and I'll use Kikonis Furniture as an example, because Randy Kikonis is one of my co-hosts. Um, I have 11 co-hosts. They all do their part on what they want to help with. Um, but Randy, as an example, has a grandson with autism. So I was talking to he and actually his son, Bo, about, you know, what they do. They just had a, a charity autism golf outing a week ago Monday um, to help the folks in Southeast Ohio. Uh, and that gets into West Virginia a little bit. And again, they have stories. There's always parents that have stories about the money they raise and how it helps their kids or their family. And, you know, it's just little things like they heard about a seminar that's, you know, in Pittsburgh that they want to go to. They can't afford to drive to Pittsburgh. Well, now it's even more important with the price of gas. So if these parents need $250 to drive to Pittsburgh to hear about a seminar, um, and it just makes you feel good, you know, and talking to the Kikonises, they, they just love being able to help. Pete, I know you love being able to help. I love being able to help. My wife loves it. And what we do is, is we don't know what everybody needs. So that's why we find charities out there um, that can do this work for us. So we don't have the time or the energy, and I don't want to spend money on salaries. There's people out there that can do stuff like that. So we want them to take it, do it. And, you know, again, Kikonis Furniture, um, they feel great. Actually, they promote in their markets the things they do to help their community. They ask their community, how can they help the community? Um, whether they do cancer screening, um, they do autism. I mean, they do a lot of things. And, you know, customers come in and thank them for doing that. I, I read their blogs and customers thank them for their breast cancer screening that they do. And, you know, I think, a lot of retailers want to do good in their community. It's a, it's a big, important part for them. They want to support their community. And, and I think it comes back to them. I know it comes back to me, you know, in business, which, you know, I don't promote it. But if people ask, I talk about our event and what we're doing. And I, and I think it does make a difference for people. They feel good. And it translates into a, a positive attitude. And people love talking about things like that. So, yeah. So, Doug, did you see Andy Friedman's comment? Doug, nice job. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate that comment. It's uh, well taken. Thank you. Andy is a giver. Uh, and Steve, uh, Steve said our industry is full of great people. And he's 100% right. Uh, our industry is full 
of uh, great people. I remember uh, <clears throat> when uh, John Ratched had uh, resigned as president of Protect the Bed, I reached out to John and I said, hey, you know, John, um, don't know exactly what, you know, the future holds for you, but if I can be helpful in any way, please let me know. And just threw a few ideas at him. And, and you know, John uh, was a competitor before, I mean, the first time I met John, I met him in the waiting room of a, a very large national account. And he was a competitor, you know, and then he became president of, of Protect the Bed. And we had a great time for a few years and he really did a great job of growing that company. I was very sad to see him leave. But it hit John very hard that, you know what? This industry is just full of a lot of great people that really care about other people. So not to beat that with a dead horse. Hey, let's get into... No, um, but, but before you move on, but I know sure. John and I know John from the old Serta days and yeah. he is a great guy and he was a great sponsor, yes. quite frankly, of our event. And uh, matter of fact, I just uh, was texting with John, I think it was last week, about what he's doing now, and I wish him well, and he is one of the the good guys. So He really yeah, is. I just saw Steve flash up. He's going to win the tournament this year. Uh, Steve, that's a great <laughs> comment. Good luck. <laughs> hey, hey, Steve, if you win the whole thing, I, I don't, I, I, I might, I might, I might have to do uh, a tax on it. <laughs> Steve, just remember you're riding on Pete's money for the entry fee. So good luck. I actually told him if he, he goes, what if I win? I said, if you win, it's God's gift to you. It's, it's yours. So I'll, we're uh, it's public record now, Steve. <laughs> it's all yours. You win it. You win it. I hope you give it all right back. But what you do with it, it's up to you. So I'm I'm glad you're looking forward to it, Steve. And and uh, I, I'm sorry I wasn't able to to uh, to to go to Vegas this year, but uh, uh, I'm glad that you were able to probably much more ably than me fill my seat. So so Doug, let's talk about these um, uh, these individual charities. Unless you have a tip for sales pros or a tip for store store owners that you want to share with them, well, I always have tips and ideas, but I think I'll I'll talk about the charities. How's that? So sure. Um, let's just kind of go through one by one. Um, first of all, we always try and keep a local connection to Las Vegas. Um, we do get a bunch of celebrities and poker pros um, from Las Vegas, and we like to keep that Vegas connection. So. This year, we have the Toro Center for Autism and Developmental Disabilities at Toro University there in Las Vegas. Um, what they, they, they actually have a full autism program. So they, they help, actually, a lot of adults there um, help them raise their skill set so they can go out and get jobs. Um, we'll probably, I'm assuming, have four or five adults there with autism again this year. We, we helped them probably four or five years ago also. Uh, but they have a program that we like supporting because of the work that they do. So... If they can raise the skill set of a lot of these adults, then they can get jobs and they can be what I call, instead of reliant on public service, they can support public service that's going on out there. So, you know, like my son has two jobs, both part-time, but instead of collecting, you know, a lot of money from the government, he's providing money to the government to help kids and adults that need help. So, you know, a lot of these kids, as they turn to adults, want to work. They want to be out in the community. Um, and Toro University helps in a big way, help these adults uh, as they transition from really kids into adults, help them do that. They do other things as well. But, um, you know, one of the things that I'm really liking what they do is they get them out into the community and they help them, you know, find jobs where they can work and make money on their own, provide for themselves and not be reliant. I think that's a, that's a huge thing to be self-sufficient. And as much as they want to be, we want to help them do that. So Turo University, um, their autism center, I love what they do. Um, the next one is a place called Learning for Life Farm. Um, they're actually based outside of Columbus here. Um, th they do a lot of things, but the primary thing is they have a farm they've set up where they grow various things. 
Um, and they sell those things to restaurants, whether it's lettuce. And they help these kids, again, transitioning into adults, learn job skills. So again, it's another sort of program to help them learn for the future, you know, what they can do um, out into the community. My son um, actually works for a place similar like this called Lettuce Work, which we supported several years ago. And, and it really helps, number one, build his, I guess you'd say, self-sufficiency on being able to be capable of going out into the workforce and, you know, take instructions, do instructions, be managed. Um, but be independent at the same time. Go out and do things that they're instructed to do. Uh, and they have to do, you know, one, two, three, four, five in a step program. Uh, but they learn that. They learn how to do that. Um, and even my son really can't read that well. But whether he works off of sign cards or or other things, they adapt. Um, they have folks that come in from the community that help them adapt um, skill sets to jobs out of the marketplace. Um, my son also works for TJ Maxx. Um, so he get, picked up skill sets from one of these programs and he went out and he's now um, a taxpayer, uh, just like we are. So he helps provide tax money for other folks that can go on and get these skill sets from you know, other agencies and go out and be tax providers to folks that need these. So it's a catch-22 on what their program is, but I love what they do. So learning for Life Farm, again, it's really transitioning kids to be adults, to get skill sets, to go out into the workplace, and it works great. Um, the third one is Stock Hands Horses for Healing. Um, th this is a group that was set up by a Marine, um, actually just north of Columbus here. Um, what they do is equine therapy. They have horses. They have a big horse farm. Um, and what they do is they, they help. There's kids and, and adults like my son that go there. Uh, Tim, who you just saw is back there, um, established a program. He, he is a former Marine. Um, and they, they do a lot of things. So they help, as it says there, they help with physical and emotional needs for their clients and partners. Um, and one of those areas is kids with autism and adults with autism. Um, and what they do is they, they help, you know, some of the kids and adults will groom the horses, but they'll ride the horses. They learn how to, you know, it's a real simple thing, but occupational therapy is helping with their balance riding on a horse. For some of these kids, it's incredibly difficult to get on a horse and you think it'd be really simple to just walk around a barn um, and do that. It's not that simple for some of these kids. Um, and we watch these kids, you know, inside the barn where our son's there. And it's amazing. Again, some of these kids have come a long way to be able to just balance themselves on a horse. And again, this is occupational therapy. A lot of people don't even know what that is, but whether it's holding a pen to write or getting your balance to walk or take steps or ride a horse, it all helps with their core skill set in their body to balance, to be able to stand, to walk, to run. Um, and again, little things like holding a pen, it all helps with their core learning in their body. It gets regimented muscle memory on how to balance themselves. And Stock Hands does a great job with the kids. Um, you can you know kind of hear about them on the website. We have a link right to their website, but they do great work. Uh, they're so community-oriented, it's incredible what they do for the community. Uh, Tim's a great guy, their staff. They have a ton of volunteers that don't even get paid that do this work, and we love what they do. And, you know, Tim was telling me at a little fundraiser they were having, just for their bales of hay in one year, it costs over $25,000. So wow. I don't know how much we're going to raise, but just for the bales mm. of hay to get the horses, um, you know, what they need. Um, you know, hopefully we can go a long way if not pay for that after one year. So I love what they do. Um, they do great things and they'll be one of our charities this year. Um, next one is Autism, uh, National Autism Association of Southeast Ohio. That's a group that Kokonas Furniture folks support. Um, and again, I've talked about them before, but what they do is they help with grants. They help with um, therapy. They help with transportation, really whatever a family needs in what I would call Central Ohio, Eastern Ohio, Southeast Ohio, they get into West Virginia, even into Pennsylvania, um, actually even a couple into Northern Ohio. If you need help in any way possible, I would tell you this, in the country, um, at their golf outing, they said they actually have money where if folks need help anywhere in the country that they feel they can help with, contact them. And their contact for information is on their website. But Shannon, who's her executive director, she has a son. It's, it's Randy's grandson. Um, they have a son that 
just graduated high school, um, like our son did several years ago. So with the right support, you know, these kids can get the help that they need to graduate, to get skill sets, to be, you know, providers in the community instead of relying on the community. And these are one of the groups that continues year after year after year to help these families get the help that they need to help their kids or adults um, succeed in life. So they do great work. The last one is Autism Speaks. Um, they are the biggest advocacy group in the world for autism today. Um, I help them with the local Columbus Walk, which is a, a big fundraiser. We raise four or 500000 a year there. Um, so it is a big walk. I co-chaired it when it was a million-dollar walk, like the third or fourth year um, with another adult or another mom who had a, a child with autism. Um, they do great work. So whether it's advocating at the state level for insurance coverage or for screening or whatever the cause is, you know, statewide or nationally, um, they're on it. So I, I talk to them several times a year about, you know, what are we working on now? What do you need help with? So I've become friends with the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, the past three governors of Ohio. Quite frankly, Pete, I know where you stand on the political spectrum. I know where I stand on the political spectrum. I hate, and, and I hope my politicians that may see this don't hate me for this. I hate talking to politicians. I, I feel I have to for many reasons, but mostly dedicated to autism, whether it's to get insurance coverage through, which it took us 12 years from when I started to getting insurance coverage through in Ohio, and it drove me nuts. I'll also leave it at that. But Autism Speaks <laughs> is the big advocacy groups that I help with. Um, you know, Andy just threw up a question. What surprised you most when you started your journey with Autism Speaks? What surprised me most question. was, um, you know, they, they have tremendous power, what I'd call it, in, in the Northeast states. Because the family that started that were, were really well-known in New York City. Um, he was the vice chair at NBC. Um, he just, you know, Bob and his wife, who actually passed away of pancreatic cancer, were just so well-known. And because he was a big dog in a big city, a lot of people knew him. And in Ohio, <laughs> when we started, nobody really knew Autism Speaks. Um, really, nobody knew about autism. So the journey started with creating awareness. And when you create awareness, then people are aware of, you know, needs. And, you know, I hate to say it, but a lot of it revolves around money. So, you know, we pay our taxes. So I felt as a taxpayer, I'm going to go bang on some doors and start getting, you know, our share for our community and helping. So, you know, we, we created our own task force in Ohio. It became an officially governor, Governor Taft at the time, many governors ago in Ohio, um, got an official task force. We came up with 43 items on that list to accomplish. So we took that list to Autism Speaks and said, hey, you know, we need to work on insurance. We need to work on screening. We need to work on a million different things. So they, they were actually very open to that. So they helped incorporate some of those ideas into their mission statement and, and what they wanted to do with their their vision and their talking points. And so what surprised me is that they're a different group. Um, I don't agree with everything that they do, uh, but I agree with a lot of what they do. So they're one of our five charities that we keep every year. Uh, the National Autism Association of Southeast Ohio, um, we keep them every year because I like what both of those groups do overall. Um, I think we need a national group to keep the national focus. We need a local group because we need to be in the details. We need to be in the minutiae and the mud and what's going on every day. I need to stay connected to that. The other charities I hear about or the co-hosts hear about, they bring them to the fold. We discuss it. We decide on the groups every year. So after this year's event, we'll decide on three new ones. We'll rotate in, keep those other two. Um, but all these folks do special work and we'd like to support that. So, you know, I could go out and, and sort of do my own thing and take the money and, and sort of invest it in different things. But, you know, when we have great groups out there, there's a million of them. Why not just let them run with the ball? And, you know, we do check the groups out. We hear about them and we hear about a lot of them. And some of them, quite frankly, I don't trust. We won't support what they're doing. And they do unethical things. They do things that are not research driven. And we don't like that. So, um, you know, here's another one from Andy. Um, did you learn any new skills? Um, I, the biggest skill I learned 
to me, I hated was patience. Um, in working with politicians, you need patience. Um, I have no patience. I've always worked for private companies. Uh, when we want to pull the trigger on a decision, we execute. We don't wait around. We don't wait around from top down for somebody else to make that decision. Um, so my new skill set is patience. I, I hate it with a passion, but I've learned if you want to get things done through political government entities, uh, patience is a virtue. Um, I have no patience, but I had to learn it. And uh, I'm sure there's some other things that um, negotiating, um, you know, there's there's two sides to the aisle. There's Democrats, there's Republicans. Um, they both have their wish list. They both see their point of view. Having to bring them to the table together, because quite frankly, you can't get it done with one party really anywhere. So I, I've learned negotiating skills. We've compromised. I hate compromising. When I feel and I have the passion for what needs to be done, and I know that compromising, you know, what we need to do is not going to get it completely finished. Um, like insurance coverage, we had to compromise. We had to cut it off at age 14 in Ohio. I hated that. My point was to the governor, Governor Kasich at the time, what do we do with a 15, 16, 17-year-old that still needs support? And he said, we're going to need to keep working on it. So what's happened now is it's come full circle and you know, based on how the language was written, nobody really gets denied their insurance that we're aware of. And if we're aware of it, um, quite frankly, we could sue them if we needed to, to get the coverage because there's a federal, whatever, it's a long story. But um, so I've learned to negotiate patience and I'm sure some other skills, but um, there, there's some things where I had to bite my tongue and my wife couldn't believe I did it, but I did it. But um, <laughs> so you learn, you learn. And when you age and you get a lot of gray hair, you learn, so. Those are great questions, Andy. Thank you. Um, we are going to do halftime. And halftime, for those of you who have your handy-dandy book, it's on page 155. This is for sales pros. If you work on a retail floor, this is for you. It's your sales business. All great retail salespeople have one thing in common. They view their sales as their own business. This mindset allows them to make significantly more money than their peers. More importantly, these top producers are happy and usually enjoy great relationships in all aspects of their lives. Here's what they do early. They are usually the first into the store and the last to leave. Why? Because they work for themselves. They are willing to pay the price for success in full and in advance. Commitment. They are committed to success. They do things that other people are unwilling to do to achieve their goals. They go the extra mile to serve their customers and are rewarded with their loyalty. Integrity. Top producers always tell the truth. Their word is their bond. Their customers trust them and always ask for them. Invest. Top salespeople invest in their business. They buy sales books. They go to sales seminars. If their company does not supply thank you cards, they buy their own. They are constantly looking for an edge to serve their customers better. They invest 3% of their earnings back into their sales business. Educate. They constantly want to learn. One of the most interesting observations I've made in the past 29 years when I wrote, wrote this book, which is now at 40 years, is that top salespeople study other salespeople and try to learn from them as well as from their reps. They use their downtime productively to improve their selling skills. Create. Top salespeople create their own traffic. Let me say that again. Top salespeople create their own traffic. They cultivate an army of loyal customers who only buy from them. They are constantly prospecting for customers. They do not wait for store traffic. They talk to their neighbors or anyone that will listen about the store they work at. They promote their sales business. Execute. They follow up on their sales in every way. They always make sure everything is okay with the customers. You know you're on the right track when you are occasionally accused of being paranoid by your company. 
In addition to sending a written thank you, to send in written thank you notes, they follow up with phone calls to make sure the customer is happy with their purchase. They also start the buy-in cycle for the next item by offering to keep their eyes open for the next purchase. They evaluate, evaluate your sales business and consider it your own. What can you do to tr- create more traffic in your business? Any thoughts on that before we keep going forward? I'll tell you my thoughts. Never truer words were said than what you just said. I, I'll, I'll revert back to, I just went to the Furniture First Symposium down in Florida a couple of weeks ago and ran into somebody you'll probably remember. I don't know if you remember Donna Favia. I used to be at CERTA. She sure. and Rick Robinson were the trainers. Yes. I, I reminded her of something she and Rick taught me, which is top-down selling. You know, you start at the top and work your way down and you know, that, that's just one of those tried and true things. And it amazes me how many people still don't do that. But, uh, you know, start at the top, work your way down. And again, there's a whole story there. But, yeah. you know, what you just said, and again, I've been around as long as you've been around. And uh, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it, it is common sense. You can create your own business. Uh, my dad used to be a manufacturer. I used to kid with him. He, he would ask me when I first started, when I was a department store buyer at O'Neill's up in Akron, you may remember them. Yeah. Um, how's business? And I would say, it's good. Uh, it's getting better. And he would say, our business is terrible. I said, dad, I know you're in manufacturing, but there's ways to create business. Go talk to your sales and marketing guys. And I, and I knew the guy who was in charge of that area. And I said, don't allow him to tell you there's no ways to get business. There are ways you can create business. And he just needs to understand how to do that. And he's probably not a very good VP of sales, but... There are ways to do that. It used to kind of crack me up when my dad would say business is soft and we can't find anything to do to create business. And I think, dad, there are ways. And there are ways um, with business tightening up. You know, the things, you know, Pete, you just said are obvious ways to help. Um, you know, if you sold to somebody, they have friends that want to buy. They are going to need another piece of furniture. Um, they need to add on when you're talking to them in the store, whether it's, you know, I'm a big top of bed guy. I mean, mattress protectors, sheets, pillow. I mean. All that stuff, if you don't mention it, they're never going to buy it. If you mention it, chances are they're going to think about it and a percentage of them are going to buy it. So your average ticket was $9.99. If you go to $11.99, so you may lose 5% of traffic, but you're going to pick up 10% because of add-ons. Adjustable basis, another one. So and I'm a huge proponent of all that stuff that goes with the mattress that I sell. Um, it, it's huge. It's important. And you need to be yeah. doing it. So. And one of the most important things that as a sales pro, you need to understand, Doug just said it so matter-of-factly and he's 100% right. And so quickly, without even really thinking about it, but when whenever there's a survey that's done on customer satisfaction, customers that buy protectors, that buy sheets, that buy pillows are much more happy with their purchase than those who do not. And instead of thinking of it as an add-on, you should be thinking of it as a necessity. Uh, my my boss, uh, Chris Tahaney, who is my boss at years at Protect the Bed and does great things for Dream Fit, um, started calling them sleep necessities quite a few years ago. And he's 100% right. They are necessities. And when we start to approach that category that way... Um, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Fabric protection was a big thing on sofas at the store that I worked at, Kronheim's Furniture in Cleveland, Ohio. And I worked with a guy, his name was Hal Crasson, and he hadn't missed in two years. And he missed. And I saw him miss. And he didn't do anything wrong. As a matter of fact, he was a bulldog. He really tried to get it. First with finesse, then just like he was as aggressive as a human being could be. He did everything that he could do to help this customer and the customer refused the help. And it was a nice sale, but it was an incomplete sale in his mind. And so I noticed the customer leave. I I watched Hal. And Hal actually had a tear in his eye. And I was so naive 
and so not in tune with Hal that I thought he was crying because it was the first time he missed in a hundred in two years. And that wasn't it. That was not, he was upset at himself that he failed the customer because now the customer who bought this beautiful living room furniture had no warranty to protect it. That's what he was upset about. He wasn't upset that, you know, his hundred percent fabric protection, you know, record was broken. Uh, he, that's what I thought that, uh, you know, he thought that he betrayed the customer. And when we start to think about it that way and think that we're letting the customer down because you are, that's where the real fruit is at the end of the day. And if you as a retail sales pro have that in mind as your mindset, you're going to be much more successful. Instead of doing it for your reasons, do it for their reasons. Protect the customer's investment. Whether they spent $500 on a mattress or they spent two dollars or $3,000 on a mattress, rest assured, it's a lot of money to them. They probably haven't bought in 10 or 15 years. And we'd love them to buy every eight to 10 years, but they probably haven't bought in 10 to 15 years. And it's a big investment and they need to protect their investment. So I'm sorry, you got me sidetracked. Let's finish up and talk about your charities and some of the personalities. I, I am amazed, you know, years ago, I, for years and years, and I still am, I'm a big Brian Tracy fan. Love Brian Tracy. Just think the world of him. And uh, I've read everything that this guy has ever put out. I've listened to every program he's ever put out. And one of the things that he said that I didn't get when I heard it was the very best people, quality people in your community, you won't find them at a fancy restaurant. You won't find them on the best golf course. You're going to find them doing charity work. And truer words have never been spoken. The very best quality people are involved in charity. And to me, that's a surprise that we all find out as we get more involved with charities. Yeah, um, and I'll throw a couple examples. Um, Roger Magowitz, another guy in our industry, I know a lot of people know him. Uh, Roger donates to our event. Um, and obviously, I donate to his event. But Roger started, uh, his mother passed away of pancreatic cancer, Cena Magowitz, and he started a big foundation. Um, Roger's out there helping me with my event um, and helping me promote it. And, you know, I, I just, can't thank a guy like Roger Magowitz enough for what he does. And he, he is a very down-to-earth guy. Um, I'll throw another guy out there, Carl Glassman. Um, he just retired at Liggett and Platt. Um, he, the first time he came to our event, he, at the time I think it was a $4 billion company, he came to our event in jeans and a golf shirt. And I just thought to myself, I didn't even know who Carl was. And he just showed up at the Restonic Space, gave me a personal donation and said, I'm going to help. And ever since then, he's been helping. And when he comes to my event in you know, jeans and a golf shirt, I think to myself, wow, he, he's one of those guys, very humble. Um, and actually this year, um, before he left, um, he committed to another 25000 And they've since sort of passed the torch to the next folks, Mitch and Tyson there. Um, they're going to continue to support us. But um, his wife just sent me a check for $5,000 to be a sponsor. And so even though he's really still on the board at Lincoln Platt, he's not, you know, running the company like he was before, but yet Carl and Kathy Glassman um, want to give back in, you know, I don't know how much money they made or make or whatever they do, but they make a lot. I, I know that running Lincoln Platt, you know, I know everybody knows Lincoln in the industry, uh, but for them to give back personally, as well as a company to me, speaks volume, and they're the most humble people in the world. I've met Kathy. Um, I know Carl a little bit. And they're just casual, down-to-earth, blue-collar kind of people. And again, he's one of those guys like you and I that have worked our way up. He's been in, he started in the mattress business. And his family started that way. He worked all the way up through Liggett um, and became president and CEO. And now has retired in 
I think his late fifties. He's now retired. Um, he's going to stay active on the board, but um, you know, he's to me, he's as blue collar as it gets. You know, you and I both know Stu Carlos. You know, Stewart is another one of those guys, one of the most humble guys I know, but one of the most powerful guys in the industry. I mean, he has a million brands, his big company. But when you yep. talk to I just talked to Stu last week, and uh, they're going to be the final table sponsor now. I mean, he's just one of those great guys that just gives yes. back. Um, yep. You know, he has personal interest in this cause. Um, yep. He said his sons are going to be with him this year at the event. Um, I know he wants to speak to the audience this year, um, but he's very down to earth. You know, I see him in his space and go say hello to him and thank him. And he, he's just another one of those guys that, you know, you, you know, see him at the local casual restaurant versus a big steakhouse. I mean, he may do that for business and I may do that for business, but my wife will tell you, that's not what I do every day. I just, you know, we're, <laughs> knows McKenzie River. We go to McKenzie River and have a couple beers and it's that's, all good. Uh, that's funny because uh, I, I was, years ago, I was traveling and one of my dealers said to me, so are you eating out at, uh, at Mitchell's or Eddie Merlot's tonight? And I, I said, I said, Cherry, I said, I have to tell you something. Uh, when we entertain our dealers, we eat at fancy restaurants. But uh, when I'm by myself, I stay in cheap hotels and I, I do not spend money on, on food. I, I, I'm out three or four nights a week. And I, I, my, my contest is how much, how can I spend the least amount of money, uh, on, on food? And, and so back then, you know, you could buy, you know, Taco Bell lunch for two bucks. And I said, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing Taco Bell for lunch, Sherry. And she just giggled and laughed. She goes, I didn't know that. I really thought that, you know, like you ate at those places all the time. I said, no, absolutely not. The only time I eat at those places is when I'm with you guys. So <clears throat> when can we go out next? <laughs> <laughs> Stu is amazing. One of the one of the real blessings in, in my career was when Stu bought our, our company uh, uh, several months ago and uh, starting to work with Stu and, uh, you know, his sons, uh, especially Phil. I work with Phil every day. You know what? Great guys, great people, really more down to earth than you could ever imagine in your in your in your wildest dreams. So you go, you know, here here's somebody that if you take the volume of all of these brands that he controls and influences, uh, and you added it up, I think he'd be like in the top three. Uh, top three or four of all mattress manufacturers, and nobody knows it. Um, the guys in the industry really do know it, but he's as down to earth as it gets. And yes, he does have a personal interest as as we do. And you know, sometimes life gives you lemons, and it's up to us to make the lemonades. And you know, that's kind of trite and easy to say. It's not so easy to say when you're holding the baby in your hand and the baby has a problem and you don't know exactly what the problem is. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it, it speaks volumes of the people that get involved. And one of the reasons I want to do this show was not only to help uh, your event specifically, which I do want to do. But I want everybody out there who's been thinking about, like me for many years, I'm going to get involved. Dude, do that. Take the step. Take, take that step. Get involved in a local charity. Get involved in anything that's tugging at your heart. And I'm going to tell you this. The rewards on the other side will absolutely blow your mind. It is. I can't put it into words. I, I can't quantify it. I can just tell you that you will be better at everything that you do when you give more. And that includes selling more and selling better. What say you? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more, Pete. And, you know, just that example at the Rich Center when that mom came up to me and said, my son's speaking. And, you know, I used to be one of those big, tough guys that wouldn't cry or wouldn't whatever. And, you know, I've seen the notebook and I've cried and I, I've talked to parents and I've cried. And um, it's it tugs at your heart, as you said before, it really does. And, you know, I'm just going to run through real quick some of my sponsors and sure all these guys. And I'll start you know, at the top with Liggett and Platt um, and Bidding Industries of America with Stu. Ashley Furniture is another one. You know, I've talked to Todd Wanick a little bit at our events. He comes occasionally and he loves what we do. I mean, every year I get that we- and one email from him, Doug, you're really taking this cause on and um, we love what you're doing. And and I love seeing that from Todd because he's a giver too. I know they're a big company, as big as it gets like Liggett, but when you see, you know, the president of Ashley Furniture you know, touting what you're doing to his people, because a lot of actually people support us. Um, that's fantastic. And I appreciate that. You know, Furniture First, another one up there, Brooklyn Betting, another one. You know, I work for Brooklyn Betting. Um, you know, John, when I first started working for him about five and a half, six years ago, you know, I told him about my event. He was very supportive of the event. And now he's a $10,000 sponsor. Um, again, I can't thank John enough for what he's doing. You know, Tim and our group with John, are just they do a fantastic job of what we do. Um, you know, Carpenter, um, uh, Mike McQuiston has gone over there from Symbol. Um, we appreciate what Carpenter does, plan furniture promotions, what Tom does. Again, Carl and Kathy Glassman, uh, you, Pete, and your wife, Jenny, Big Sandy Superstore, Titex, um, and then Box Drop, a lot of these folks, Joseph Rosenberg and Bears Furniture, Kokonis Furniture, Roger Magowitz again, Crane's Mattress, um, this joystick uh, out. <laughs> She, she wants me to call her the joystest of the piece out in Las Vegas. That's her little nickname, um, which is great. I, I love getting the personal touch on some of this. Uh, Custometic Technologies, Phil. I really appreciate what Phil does. Um, Gary Fazio, you know, an old name, but a name I've known for more than 40 years now. Um, yeah. Great guy. He still gives yeah. back, even though he's no real, really longer involved in the industry. Colonial, David Dye, Performance First Group. You know, Furniture First has a bunch of performance groups. One of them at their symposium gave us money. Uh, Nebraska Game Calls, just a local guy I know here that does game calls for folks. He actually works at Mossy Oak and he does this on the side and he just auctioned off a couple of calls and raised like 800 bucks for us. So all nice. these folks, every one of them to a T, as far as I know, are the most humblest people in the world from Ray Crane to, you know, Randy Kikonis to UP to Carl at the top. Um, and it, you know what? I think it does come back to you when, when you hear stories of how it helps people. I think you feel great and feel gratified about that. And you mm-hmm. know, like Sam Walnut, you know, had a, or Walton had a, a real nice little small home and a pickup truck that he drove for 20 some years. A lot of these folks, it's not about their stuff that they have or how much money they have in the bank. It's about helping others. And that's what we do. Doug, that was awesome. Thank you for, I know you are a very, very busy guy. And for you to take an hour here and, uh, you know, tell us uh, some of your sales tips and also uh, letting us know what you're up to with Anti for Autism. If there's somebody out there and right now they want to give, what do they do? What's, what's the next step? The simplest thing for us is go to our website, which Chris has up there, antiferautism.com. Um, you can also email me at antiferautism at AOL.com. Um, I, I do all the, I, you know, I basically do the work for the event. So you can email me if you want to get engaged, get involved. If you want to donate or sponsor, go to the website. You can do it with a credit card right on there. Uh, come to the events. The event is at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, the Saturday night before market. It's July 23rd. Registration opens at 5.30. Um, about 6.30, I'll start with the microphone. I, I won't speak long, but I do thank the sponsors and thank everybody for coming. So we'll start probably close to 7. Uh, but if you want to come to the event and just see what it's all about, I'd love to have you there. There's no charge to come in. We have a great silent auction. We have trips you can buy. Um, just come and see what we're doing. If you want to donate or sponsor, go to our website. Uh, but I, I truly agree with Pete. I mean, whether it's autism or pancreatic cancer or cancer or whatever your cause is, whatever you want to tie into, go out and give. Give back. 
help your community do whatever phase you want to. You know, I was at church yesterday with my wife and he was talking about, you know, giving back to the church and all that. And I, I think there's people that are drawn to church things. There's people that are drawn to charity things like autism and everybody's motivated in different ways. And I think that's great. Everybody gives back in whatever way they feel comfortable. And, you know, we do our thing at church and we do our thing for autism and, and that's all good. And Pete, I know you're heavily engaged in things and everybody has to find where they're comfortable. And, you know, for all of us, this is our event. If you want to help us with our event, we'd love to have you on board. If it's not us, it's somebody else. Great. Go out and do what you feel comfortable doing. And, and we'd love to have your help. But go to our website if you want to help us. And we'd love to have you. Give more to sell more. Doug, thank you so much. Have a great day. And that's a wrap, guys. Chris P., thank you very much.